It's time for your weekly trip inside the ropes and behind the scenes of the Australian golf industry. Welcome to another episode of the Australian Golf Show with Tiffany Cherry and Mark Allen. What a week it's been in golf. Shoey celebrations, aces in front of galleries many have never seen before. Game certainly taking centre stage in sport this week and rightfully so. Tiffany Cherry joining you alongside our favourite coach, Mark Allen. G'day, Marco. What was your favourite moment for the week? Uh, well, I'm going to say, look, I'm with you. The Vic Open was, it's always a highlight for me, uh, seeing the men and women playing together. I want to talk about the waste management a little bit later because it was an enormous event. But just watching the crowds at the Victorian Open, everything else they do, um, it's, it's become, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Victorian, it's become a very special event in Australia. Now, I, I know you, you love Hannah Green. I do. I love the way she played. There was so much pressure on her. She came through winning by six shots in the end. But I loved her celebrations, Marco. You know, Dinky Diozzi, she said last year she would do a shoey, which is drinking champagne from your shoe. Yes, the one you've, you've worn, that 18 holes, and probably the day before and the two days before that. And you know, she stuck to her promise and she did it over with all the volunteers and and this went viral, went around the world. And, you know, some people I read on Golf Digest, they were saying, oh, we hope this doesn't become a, a real trend. And But then someone else chipped in and said, well, you know what? She's a shoe in for best golf celebration for the year. Loved it. No, well, winners can please themselves, Tiff. I'm not doing a shoey anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, I'll never, ever do a shoey. I can only imagine, especially golf. I mean, goodness me, you've been walking around in sh- those shoes for six or seven hours. Oh, you wouldn't taste it. Who cares? Uh, no, like I said, winners can please themselves. Uh, <laughs> it, and it did go viral. You know, that, that, that's, that doesn't matter. The way she played was impressive. And I know we've got her on a little bit later. I, can't, I, I really can't wait to talk to Hannah because she hasn't played a tournament since November. And she started that last, what, with a handful lead, five or six shot lead. Five shot Start the last round. And, you know, that that's not easy to do. I know there's been a few quotes where she spoke afterwards that she knew she wasn't playing well. The lead got whittled away to two, mm. but she steadied. And that birdie on 14, I, I can't wait to get into the nitty gritty of how a champion's mind works in that situation. Because if you're not a champion and you start hitting the ball badly and those leads, because we, we see leads like that in golf all the yep. time. You know, some, somebody starts with an eight shot lead. It always gets whittled away, it seems. Uh, this was the five-shot lead. Got it whittled away to two. She knows she's not hitting it well. It's going to be great to get into that mind and just see what kept her going, what she was thinking, how she handled that situation. Because it was great to watch. And Absolutely. for Dimmy yep. Papadatis as well to have a win. I mean, everyone loves Dimmy. If, if, if you get a chance to meet or play with Dimmy Papadatis, he's a rock-solid human being. I played with him in the Vic Pro, uh, the, the Vic PGA pro-am earlier in the year and he is a star and he's just look he, you know he can lose his temper and what I was really impressed with the pressure was on the whole way that last round you know he uh, he started one stroke off the lead and uh, and then came obviously even and then and then you know went away and and it was impressive under tough tough conditions hot sun big wind he was able to hold his keep his cool and a few shots that went a bit wayward and then uh, some beautiful recovery shots and that'll help set him up and he's now got an invitation to the 150th open championship at st andrews which is so impressive it's the second time he'll play at the open but this is so special and obviously matt griffin also collecting that as well yeah, fantastic for those players going to the 150th St. Andrews uh, Open Championship. Uh, really, really 
important for their golfing lives. It's something they're going to remember. Uh, you know, these guys don't get into open championships every year. That They're kind of reserved for the top 100, top 50 mm. players in the world. They start to get into those tournaments. You know, they can start planning for them. Um, but my goodness, uh, you know, Demi, I think he won something like 72000 73000 bucks. 73000 um, So did Hannah Green, by the way. They played yep. for equal money. Yep. But I reckon the biggest smile would be that he is on the way to St. Andrews because that's the one you want to play. I, I played in one. I played in the 99 Carnoustie Open Championship. That's the one where uh, Vanderveld uh, lost his mind on the last hole. And yes, oh, yeah. 72nd hole. Um, uh, it was the toughest golf course of all time. I only wish that my one was at St. Andrews because, you know, you get to that place. I, we visited after I missed the cup. We went straight to St. Andrews to visit that. Um it's just a special place. There wasn't a soul there. You know, yeah. most people were just walking the streets, uh, probably in pubs, watching what was happening at uh, up the road at Carnoustie. But the magic of St Andrews is significant. It's real. And those three plays you mentioned, they're all going. So, uh, my goodness, the smiles on their faces would be enormous. Hey, uh, now, what about the big one? You mentioned it at the top of the show, the Waste Management Event, Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale, sorry, and impressive the crowds at this event, they're talking 800,000 for an event. Yeah. And then they and then those that were around the 16th got treated to the most brilliant ace I've ever seen in terms of the celebrations that followed. Well, I think they got two aces. Uh, it was just, yeah, fantastic, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, we saw Tiger, I think it was 95. Uh, it was said to be the loudest noise in golf. Well, these days, uh, Martin Blake told me before, 20,000 are around this one hole. It's only 100. 30-metre hole around there, 120 yeah. metres, uh, 20,000 people. I the noise uh, probably went even louder this time, but the uh, beer shower, you know, you know, with all the beer cuts are going. It's, uh, it's not what Bobby Jones probably envisioned golf to be uh, when he was around. Probably not even Jack Nicholas uh, in the 1960s. Probably not even Arnold Palmer. Peter Thompson probably be frowning. <laughs> but, you know, to see what it does for golf around the globe, if it happens once or twice a year, I don't think it's a big deal at all. In fact, I think it's lots of fun. Um, and then, of course, you had Harry Higgs and Joel Damon. Uh, I think Harry Higgs hold this great big long birdie part. He took his shirt off. And then <laughs> he, his partner, Joel Damon, ended up taking his shirt off. And they were shirtless, you know, waving their shirts around, you know, like the <laughs> – <laughs> like you see, like you see, soccer players after they uh, <laughs> you know, kick a goal, it, they've got their shirts off, waving them around their head. Do you know exactly what you're saying? I'm loving this in terms of golf. You know, it's it's had that. Uh, people have said it's a bit old and tired and whatever, and you know, and then and the, the prototype of a golfer. Well, we're seeing this the young generation coming through and and taking it. You know creating these these events and these moments to watch and the celebrations that are following and it's drawing in a new crowd, a new audience, which is helping to put golf right back on centre stage. And it's absolutely brilliant. Well, look, anywhere else they're getting fined for that sort of stuff. There's no there's no question about it. But this is the right event. And, you know, 800,000 through the gates. Uh, I'm not sure whether it's a record or not. Uh, Blakey will tell us a little bit later when he comes in probably. But that's no surprise at this event anymore. You know, they've been getting 600 and 700 through the gates for the week for a long time now. Whatever their recipe is, which is, you know, basically they get the university crowds and then they get the hangers-on. And, you know, it's, a, it's it's one of those stories where if you build it, they will come sort of situations. And that 16th hole has got bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, the 17th hole is now a little stadium as well. And yeah. 18 is, you know, that's, that's where we're going to see who wins the tournament in the three-hole yeah. playoff where Scotty Scheffler did it. Just on one of those holy ones too, Ortiz, uh, on the last day, 
um, because there's so many people made the cut, they had people hitting off the 10th and the 1st. Yeah. Uh, Ortiz got to the 16th early in his round. It was his 7th hole. Had the hole in one. The beer shower came. Then he goes to the 17th hole and he eagles that as well and got another beer shower. So he had two in two holes. The cameras didn't pick up the second one, but he had two in two holes. He needed uh, to jump in the water to have a shower, a real shower. Uh, well, he probably had eleven. He had ten holes still to play on, on the day, so jumping in the water would have been no good for him. But look, this tournament, you know, this tournament now, the waste management event, this tournament now, it, it has become uh, a social media giant, yeah. more so than Masters, more so than the Open Championship. This is the social media hole. Uh, course. We need more of this. I want more of this in golf. I think, you know, it's now on my bucket list. The Masters, absolutely. And now this, this is absolutely on my bucket list. And and I want to, I want to experience, I love going to sporting events, live sporting events for that exact reason. And you, you talk about it and you, you know, you, you, you reminisce for years to come about it and it's brilliant. I know, I know you want more than golf. I don't. We're going to have to agree to disagree. That's Just okay. once or twice, once or twice a year. Um, you know the raucous crowds. We're always going to get raucous crowds, especially the Masters and other places. Um, but look, incredible. Just lastly, Charlie Hoffman. Yes. Um, Charlie Hoffman. Honestly, he's a waste management ambassador. So he he has it on his bag. He's he's been part of the waste management crew for a long, long time. Uh, his comments this week, honestly. I just can't believe it. He, he he was unlucky with a drop. So he put a ball, he hit the ball into the water. He put a ball onto a tuft of grass. He was getting a yardage. The ball came off the tuft of grass and rolled into the water. Uh, the rules of golf say that you get penalised again these days. They should fix that rule, but they haven't. Charlie Hoffman, after the round, honestly, I've got his quotes here. I might even just read them out because uh, what he was what he was talking about, uh, had to take another penalty. I, I also blame the PGA Tour rules officials for putting out terrible penalty area line where this could have happened. No accountability at any level here. No protection at the players at all. You wonder why guys are wanting to jump ship and go and play on other tours. Players need transparency, protection, consistency. We don't have that under the current governing bodies. This is coming from a bloke who's won $35 million playing golf. Um, it's not a good look. It's not a good look that he brought in the the Saudi thing. Yeah, the Saudi golf league. That and was, yeah. he, he got absolutely smashed and deservedly so. Uh, he ended up coming last uh, in this event. Uh, he got last money. Um, and I'm pretty grateful that, that that happened. I mean, you just at some stage, you've just got to lighten up. You get bad kicks all the time. Uh, Shahith Thagala, who should have won the tournament, a new star is born. You know, what he did that week was enormous. He's won so many friends. He got the worst bounce of all time on 17. Otherwise, I promise you, he wins that event. Um, you know, it just, he was a breath of fresh air. Maybe we should have a shank of the week uh, each week. Yeah, let's uh, do Disney. that. Love it. Yeah, so Charlie Hoffman gets my shank of the week this week. <laughs> hey, what about uh, you've been pretty busy. I know you're doing some filming and some previews for the Athena that's coming up next weekend, the uh, the, the women's uh, for in Australia, the TV show on Fox Sports and KO that's going to uh, showcase the top young talent coming through. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's a great format. So the first day, I think there's 12 players. They're going to whittle them down all the way to eight. eight. Yep. Uh, And they do that by just some uh, chipping comps and skill tests and stuff like that. Uh, And then they play match play the next day until we have the Athena champion. Um, I had a look at the golf course. I haven't been to Sandy Links for a long time. What a job uh, Michael Cocking has done. Uh, We had him on a couple of weeks ago on this. He has turned Sandringham Links into something 
something very special. I mean, Royal Melbourne's across the road. We know that Royal Melbourne have got their hands on it and have the lease. And basically, it's a, it's a small Royal Melbourne golf course, a lot of short holes. But that's what, you know, it's absolutely perfect for people who are starting the game or getting a little bit older to play. And if you get the chance, go down and have a look at it. Make sure you're watching the Athena on TV because it is going to look special. Well, uh, the leading, uh, the winning amateur at the Vic Open, Kirsten Rudgley, she's playing, and there's a number of other big names, Cassie Porter. We had uh, Karis Davidson, and uh, yeah, a number of the number of the girls that played at the Vic Open on the weekend uh, will be there. So if you're in Victoria, if you're in Melbourne, free entry, come on down to Sandringham. That is Sandy Links. That is next weekend. Well, as I said in the open, it's been been a big week, and uh, Hannah Green was superb in absolutely the pressure of the week to win her maiden Vic Open title. The world number 30 joins us right after this. Great to have you joining us as we welcome 2019 women's PGA major winner and 2022 Vic Open champion, Hannah Green. Welcome, Hannah. That's a nice ring to it, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I uh, always wanted my name on that trophy, so pretty cool to be now named the champion. Hannah, I'm going to go straight to your post-win celebrations you made a promise last year and in line with your good friend, fellow Western Australian F1 ace, Daniel Ricciardo, who does this post-win celebrations with the champagne in his shoe. But you, uh, what did you actually say last year? How did this come about? Um, yeah, so Sue and I said that whoever wins uh, has to do a shoey. And I guess she has a bit of an excuse. Uh, when she won up in Queensland, she had to jump straight on a plane. So it was the last thing she even thought about. But um, <laughs> I managed to do one, yes, oh, sorry, Sunday afternoon. Um, wasn't the best tasting uh, drink I'll ever have, but I can say <laughs> I've done it and um, not sure if I'll keep that tradition going, but um, yeah, hopefully Dan saw it and is proud. I reckon it's the last time you'll be doing it as well, Hannah. Hey, uh, I read. You know what you said after uh, the round, you weren't playing your best. You hadn't played a tournament uh, since November. Your five shot lead gets whittled away to two. How does a champion's mind? work through that little situation yeah it's hard um whipper was making me nervous i um obviously having a five shot lead you kind of hope to keep that lead as much as possible but she brought me back down to two and she played well on the front nine made some really good putts and i just hit a couple of sloppy shots and um came away with some bogeys so um i knew i had to stay patient the wind direction was the complete opposite as to what we'd played all week so it was going to be tough uh, for myself, but for everyone in the field. So um, managed to hit a really good uh, shot on 12 and 14. So I gave myself a backup to my buffer of five shots and um, got really lucky to make a par on 16. That's where I started to get nervous, thought I could rack up a big number there. But um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and really memorable moment for my career. I followed you for a few holes, Anna, and you couldn't tell that you were nervous at all. With uh, with regards to pre-event, you said that you wanted to start 2022 with a win to set yourself up. You've obviously got Cobram um, Baruga coming up with a TPS event this weekend as well. But how much has that win given you the confidence to really hit your stride for the year coming up? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you've got to get used to winning and it doesn't matter what level you're doing it. Um, there's still going to be some pressure there. So I felt like I worked really hard this off-season, probably even more so than I did um, in any other pre-season. So I, um, it's nice to just see the reward straight up, but it's a big year, so I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I just want to be playing consistent golf and being in contention a bit more. So, Hannah, how do you stay sharp? You know, you, you did all that work 
but it's not the same. You know, in boxing, they call it a little bit of ring rust, you know, if they haven't fought for a little while. But you're just not sharp. You've come out and looked sharp. Have you got any ideas how this happened? I don't know. I just feel really fresh. Um, I feel like every time I come back to Australia, um, have a bit of time off and then see all my coaches, that's when I play my best golf. So um, I was a little bit rusty. I did hit a couple of shots that I probably wouldn't usually, but I was able to miss it in the correct areas and make up and down. Um, I think that's probably the least amount of bogeys I've ever made during a tournament. So I'm pretty chuffed about that. But um, yeah, this week might be a little bit different um, playing a different golf course that I've never seen before um, and obviously playing in the same field as the men. Hannah, great to see crowds back at golf in Australia. Um, you know, there was a, while it wasn't huge, there were still some good crowds following, especially, you know, the leading groups, of course. What else would you like to see for the sport in Australia? I'm keen to get your thoughts, uh, you know, on, on how we're going here in terms of um, the sport. And, and obviously you've got the experience of having played in the LPGA and, and uh, you know, other big tournaments. That, what are we doing that's right here and what else can we do? Yeah, I mean, I guess I've, I'm lucky enough that I do have a job on the LPGA. So COVID hasn't really um, affected me all that much, but uh, it's been my first time playing an event in, in a couple of years here in Australia, which is sad, but you know, that has mainly been due to uh, the Western Australian borders. Um, but I mean, the increase in golf, I guess we saw the um, percentages last week when you guys announced it, Golf Australia announced, um, you know, participation levels are up. But mm. we just need some more events uh, for these guys and girls to play. Um, it's hard. I mean, I, I'm not sure how tournaments are run and how everything works, but I don't see why we can't have events um, everywhere in this entire country. So um, COVID has, you know, affected everyone, but let's hope that this can, you know, springboard some more events. Mm. I'm not sure your uh, Premier, Mark Bagheard, on the same wavelength <laughs> as you, uh, Hannah, but that's a different story. Uh, the two girls you played with in the last round, Kara Stevenson, Whitney Hillier, uh, they finished tied second. Uh, we speak to Karis a little bit. Uh, Whitney Hillier, it's the first time I've seen her play. Um, you know, you're, you're almost, you know, such a leader in their world at the moment. What do you make of their games? Yeah, I've known Karis and Whitney for a long time. Um, Whitney's obviously from Western Australia as well, so we grew up uh, playing some state team stuff together. So we haven't really played a whole lot of golf um, together as of late because she's over in Europe and I'm obviously on LPGA, but um, both are great people um, and great golfers. So I wasn't surprised at their result and that they were, you know, right behind me on the leaderboard. But um, it was really fun to play with them and just to see all the girls that I haven't seen in such a long time. Um, yeah, two years since I previously saw a lot of the girls. So it was good. Big catch up week. And Hannah, as I mentioned, you've got Cobb and Brugger, the TPS event this weekend, and then you head back to the States. What What's your schedule like for the coming few months? Yeah, so um, I'm actually going to be hanging out in Victoria uh, one more week and then I go to Singapore and Thailand first before heading over to the US. So um be two really hot weeks up in Asia, but I'm looking forward to going back up there as I had some good results last year and uh, we won't be in such a a bigger bubble as um, last year. So I might actually be able to, you know, see some sites and um, explore both countries a little bit more. But um, yeah, with um, WA Borders, I won't be going back to Australia till probably middle of May. So uh, I'll be on the road for a few months and then, yeah, hopefully jump back into Australia. To make you sad, Hannah? Just, I mean, I know we were messing around with the West Australian board a little while ago, but the fact that you just can't come back when you want to come back, does it make you sad? Yeah, it's hard. Um, it definitely affects my schedule, and I would say I'm 
pretty much I am a homebody. I, I like to come back home and make sure that I'm recharged and you know ready to go back on, on tour. So, I mean, the last 12 months to 18 months, I understand why the borders have been closed. But um, I guess if I can't get back into Western Australia, I'll just come to Melbourne and um, maybe even get my coach and family to fly over this way instead of going out to the West. So it does make it hard, but um, I understand why he's doing it. He's just thinking about us West Australians, but it's, it is hard as an athlete um, trying to do a job and for everyone else that has a job um, that requires flying interstate. What about the, the growing contingent of Aussies over on the LPGA tour? Hannah, what's the, the feeling like amongst you girls, um, especially given, you know, obviously what's happened with COVID and, and not being able to come home? Has that sort of tightened that, that group? And there's a few more joining you, Steph Kiriaku, one who's, uh, who secured her tour card and, and ready to hit it. Yeah, I think it has made us all a bit closer. Um, not too many of us actually have a home base. So we've been fortunate enough to use the Golf Australia house in Orlando, Florida. Um, that's been a real help for me um, and and Suo um, the last couple of years. But we're hoping with the flexibility we can come back home. But, yeah, it's great to see more Aussies on tour. We've obviously got Steph and Karis coming out on tour for their rookie year this year and Sarah Jane retained her card again. So um, it's good to have more Aussie faces out there and, um, you know, play practice rounds together, just hang out and help them out as much as possible. So we're all looking forward to, yeah, 2022. Uh, I didn't get down to uh, 13th Beach, but I certainly was watching on the TV. And one of the great looks of this tournament is the crowd walking behind you as players. Now, the big tournaments, we can't do it. You've got to rope people off because so many get through the gates to watch superstars like yourself. But at some of the smaller tournaments, Hannah, do you think Americans wouldn't mind this situation? Because for people to actually get close to you and see how golf balls are struck in the professional game that inspires people to play is there is there a place for no ropes certainly there is in australia we see it but in america as well yeah i'm not too sure i never really thought about it um having you know that type of format over in the states i mean i'm sure there could be tournaments um that we could do the same thing but it's hard i mean sometimes there were a few times where crowds were getting in front and we had to call them out the way and things like that but they're usually great here at Vic, oh, at Vic Open um, it might get on a few players nerves having that type of format so I'm not sure if they'll incorporate that on LPGA. And Hannah I just wanted to ask you I mean you've won you won a four Australian women who have won a major you know you've been on the LPGA tour for a while you come down to to Victoria you're the headline act um, Jeff Ogilvie was playing as well, but, you know, there was so much press around you. You Coming into the, obviously, the weekend, you're, everything is about Hannah Green. Um, you know, the, there's big galleries, as Mark just mentioned, following you. How, do you, how are you handling the pressure? Like, how do you um, now take it in your stride that, you know, you are a big name in golf, obviously around the world, um, but in Australia? And, and, you know, has that taken you a long time to be able to adjust to that? Yeah, I think so. Um, after my great season in 2019, it kind of felt weird for me to be an inspiration to others. Um, but I feel like now that I've been away and, you know, not had the opportunity to play in Australia, it feels even more important to me to come back and play these events. And I mean, I don't really care about how much money we're playing for. Just to be able to get my name on trophies here in Australia is important to me. And uh, it was great to see everyone that came out and supported me um, at the event as well as online. Um, a lot of people couldn't be there. So, um, yeah, no, I, I love playing at home. And um, the pressure was there, but 
I mean, it's for the right reasons and being in contention and trying to win the tournament, that's what's going to happen. Hey, hey last one for me. Um, I'm, I'm wrestling with it, asking this question. I think Tiffany mentioned the, the thing. Uh, in Australia, we have the Don Award. Um, I was there that night uh, when the Don Award was given out, and I think it was given uh, to Ash uh, Barty, of course. Uh, but you weren't even nominated. I, I went up and asked the people uh, who were running that. I said, what on earth has happened here? Hannah Green has won a major championship, and she wasn't even nominated for the Don Award. And they told me that they felt sick about it, and it was a complete just, – it was just an oversight. W- was that ever relayed to you? Because what you did was enormous in Australian sport. And I thought a nomination might have been there for you. Has that ever been relayed to you? Uh, yeah, I've had a lot of people um, talk to me about that. And, I mean, it's obviously a huge award, but I feel like it won't be my last major championship that I win. So hopefully I can keep you know playing golf and playing good golf and maybe get my name on the trophy, let alone nomination. Um, it is hard. I feel like golf probably doesn't get as much recognition as it does for other sports, but I think we're definitely progressing with that. So if we, all of us international players, you know, on international tours keep playing and getting more media, I think um, that won't be the, that'll be the last time that ever happens. Great answer. And and Hannah, do you ever lean on Kari Webb, you know, seven-time major winner when she started women weren't really, um, you know, that well regarded. Obviously, we're still trying to build that profile and, and the equality in the sport. But how much has Kari helped you in, in from a mentor? Um, and we know that she, she's fabulous uh, with, the, with the girls that go overseas, but particularly with you. Yeah, she's amazing. She's a great friend now. And, I, yeah, met her for the first time in 2015 just as an amateur and turned pro the year later. So, um you know, even though I met her six, seven years ago now, she still talks to me. She's, you know, congratulated me from last week. She always keeps in touch with, with all of us and um, does a lot for us, even though we probably don't know how much effort she really is putting in. So um, anyone she meets and um, doesn't matter whether in Australia or not, she'll always um, be happy to help. So she, she's definitely a big mentor of mine and a lot of girls on tour. Hey, Hannah, I've got one more last one. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, Martin Blakes has told me in the last couple of years, you've come back hitting the ball 20 to 30 yards further. So 25 metres further. I reckon our listeners would love to know how you've achieved this. Yeah, um, I guess I've felt like I've always been able to try and hit it long. Um, I felt like I've worked really hard in the gym and I really enjoy going and lifting heavy as possible. But, um, you know, just getting the swing technique has been the thing that we've Richie and I have been working on. So, um, yeah, came back uh, to golf the start of 2021 and, you know, was in good shape. And Richie and I decided, why don't we tackle this? And, um, you know, it actually came a lot easier than I thought. So I've really enjoyed it so far. And it's been really nice to go back to events and, you know, hit it in different positions and be able to play holes differently. So, yeah, it's, it has definitely helped my game and I think it helped me last week um, being in windy conditions, being able to control my ball flight a little bit better and, you know, get to some of the par fives and two and even some of the par fours and one. So, um, yeah, it's been a big help. I'm not really sure if I can continue to keep adding that much length um, year in, year out. But, um, yeah, so long as I can stay consistent with the driver of the tee, I think that'll be the next project. How, how far back are you from the longest hitters just while we're on it? Oh, gosh. Um, I wouldn't even know. I mean, Anne Van Dam, Lexi Thompson, those girls um, hit it a mile. So I, I don't think I'd be anywhere near them, but I probably hit it maybe carry driver 225 metres on average. So, yeah, picked Fantastic. up at least um, 
10 to 15 meters of carry in one year. So Massive. that was a big difference. I'll tell you what, you impressed the galleries on the weekend. Uh, um, Karis and Whitney, I, I can't remember if it was the 13th or 14th, and, uh, and they hit the fairway and you said, no, I'm going to go for the green and we had to wait for the men to clear. It was fabulous. The, the members around the crowd were, wow. So, um, so well done to you, Hannah. Hey, listen, thank you so much. It's fabulous to talk talk with you, and we really appreciate your time. We know there's a lot of people pulling you in every direction, but the, you know, as a Vic Open champion for 2022, there's so much more to come for this year, and uh, hopefully, it set you up for a big one. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it has, and um, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the year. So, thanks for having me, guys. All the best, Hannah Green. There, and uh, coming up next, we've got our Australian Golf Media Manager Martin Blake with all the news around the traps. Great to have you back with us as we welcome the Gazelle and Martin. The ISPS handout Australasian PGA Tour Order of Merit is starting to really take shape. Yes, it is, Tiffin, Mark. I mean, Jed Morgan, we've mentioned before, because he won the, the by far the biggest uh, purse event, the Australia, Australian PGA, uh, he's up there on 180 grand. Uh, they're not going to catch him, I don't think. Uh, Andrew Dota, 107. Okay, but Dimi Papadatos was the big mover this week. He's moved up to fourth. And as we've mentioned before, the top three on the order of merit this season go, uh, oh, they actually pick up European Tour or DP World Tour cards for next, se- next season. So this is going to be absolutely massive. Mm. Uh, there are a number of events left. There are actually seven events left on the calendar, uh, but a couple of those are in Western Australia and as you mentioned before with McGowan, the Premier McGowan with his rules, you know, you just don't know, I mean, are they going to be able to hold those events? I, I don't know. I hope they do. Uh, there's there's three TPS events to come. There's the New South Wales Open, which is a $400,000 event. So Dimi Papadatos is on 86 grand and Anthony Quayle, who's in third, is 87 grand. So that's how tight it is for that third spot. Um and did you say Andrew Dote was uh, there as well? He's second. Dote, has he already got? Has he already got a European Tour card? Because I, I do, I do think it's a slider. So it's the top three who don't already have a European that, card. That's I'm not sure right. whether Andrew. I'm not sure whether Andrew Dote's uh, got a European Tour card or not. But I see him on the telly a lot. In he European. has played he certainly, in Europe. He so certainly like, has. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure of that. I have to check that out. But. Uh, you know, it's it's created a little bit of interest and it's a great thing that they've done to, to put up those those three cards. And, of course, with the Vic Open last weekend, you had the three spots the going open. to the Open Championship as well. Tiff, I know you mentioned this earlier. One thing that I uh, I wanted to throw in here was that uh, Dimi Papadatos, as a two-time winner of the Vic Open, uh, there's only two other men who have done that. And who do you reckon they are? Peter Thompson. Correct. Kel Nagel. Kel Nagel. Oh, well it's done. Not, it's not a bad uh, – that's a great get, Marco. By I was going to get but, Peter Thompson, but not Kel. How about that for Dimmy to be put, to be sort of mentioned in that kind of – Thompson, Nagel, and Papadatus. It's fantastic. <laughs> no, I, yeah, he's had a pretty few le- – uh, a, a pretty – uh, lean few years, and he you know it was, it was getting on him on his mind a little bit, and starting to weigh him down a bit. So great to get those shackles off his back, and and now you know we can. He's a he's an enormous talent, can absolutely belt the ball, but also just um, really starting around the greens. I was really impressed with how much control he had, and and how he's able to really keep his focus. Yeah, and uh, what I loved, Tiff and Marco, was that he won it with a birdie, you know. So he's yeah. got about a five-footer uh, to, to make birdie at the 
72nd hole, a bit of a left to right slider. Ben Campbell from New Zealand had knocked it out of the bunker to about two foot, so he was going to make a birdie. So if Dimmy doesn't make that putt, they're going back down 18 for a playoff. So it was just a good way for him to win. I actually ran into him yesterday morning in the township of Parliament Heads, funnily enough, and uh, I was talking to him at this cafe, and he was saying that he's got a few weddings on, so I'm not sure how many of those events he's actually going to play. We've got well, he's a Sydney boy, and they've got the Bonnie Doon TPS event coming up. There's one at the Hunter Valley, uh, and obviously there's this one this weekend coming up in Cobram Baruga, but I, I don't believe that he's playing in that one. He, he said he's got all his weddings to go in, including well, he might want to somewhere just, he's in the party. So you might want to know. change uh, a little bit of that if you can, because I think goodness, so. the opportunity gotta, that awaits. There's got to be some apologies coming uh, and read out yes. of those weddings because yeah. these opportunities, particularly the three spots, on the European yep. Tour. That's a life changer. If you grab yep. one of those three spots on the DP World Tour now, it's a, mm-hmm. it's potentially a life changer. And when I watch Dimmy play, he's got a game that is absolutely made for that tour. You know, low ball hitter, hits it a million miles, shoots low scores. He's made for that tour. He's just got to have enough bank in his pocket to get over there. And I, I keep on saying this, the Australian peso, it doesn't last very long mm-hmm. in the Northern Hemisphere. It just doesn't. So here's an opportunity to finish top three, hopefully, in the order of merit. He'll have some money in his, in his kick, and he can get over there and hopefully get off to a good start, And particularly with all these new pathways and invitations that Australians will get into the Asian events. Um, you know, he's going to be looked after. So he, he's got a – Demi, if you're listening, uh, the apology at a wedding, it's not such a bad thing, mate. So it's like you're almost there. I think it's going to have to happen. Hey, uh, Matt Griffin also got into the Open Championship. He's played one previously. I saw him. Uh, I was standing beside him on the 18th green. You know, he uh, John Lyris, who led the first three rounds of the Vic Open, had if he chipped in on the last hole for Eagle, he would have knocked oh. Matty out of the Open Championship spot, which was for the top three, and he he knocked it past the hole. So Matty's going to another Open, which is great for him. Uh, ben Campbell from New Zealand's going, and Dimmy, of course. Minwoo Lee, Lucas Herbert, Cam Smith, Leishman, those type of guys are already in that event. So, you know, we'll, we'll probably end up with half a dozen uh, at least in the Open Championship this year, which 150, 150th playing of the Open and at the home of golf. How good is that? Mm. Mm. Uh, I wanted to mention, guys, uh, Steve Pryor, uh, who's a lefty uh, from a Long Reef Golf Club in Sydney, who won the Vic Inclusive Championship over the weekend. Uh, yeah. We did some coverage of this, and, I, you know, um, he, he's uh, he's an amputee. He's, got, he's lost half of his arm, the bottom half of his arm, uh, in a skiing accident about, I think I'm going to say, about 15, 20 years ago. So he's got a little prosthetic that he, he clips onto to the stump of his arm, and then that goes on to the grip of the club. And this guy can really play. He's won, he's won everything. He's won multiple... Australian Championships, but he won the Vic Inclusive at the weekend. And I watched him play a bit. He can really hit it. And uh, those guys, uh, they also had the Australian Wheelchair Championship as well. I don't know whether you saw any of that. Hey, uh, I, 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 I did. I just want to say how awesome it was to have them there and to have them as part of the, the celebrations, the presentations. Um, those wheelchairs are incredible. They allow the play to stand vertical. So from sitting... They allowed them to stand up and actually uh, hit the ball, which is phenomenal. So those things are called a paragolfer. Uh, and you're exactly right, Tiff. They, they press a button and they, their legs are strapped in down the bottom so that they don't tumble out. 
they stand up straight, and then as long as they, you know, they've got good use of their arms, uh, they can they can hit the ball. And they've got a little little machine they've got that tees up the ball. Uh, they don't go in the bunkers. Uh, and a guy called Nick Taylor from Port Kembla Golf Club won won the inaugural Australian Wheelchair Championship. So those paragolfer things uh, they're they're worth about thirty five grand, I believe. But they're starting to bob up all around Australia. For instance, in Victoria, the TAC Transport Accident Commission they love these things because yeah. they are uh, they're just a fantastic way for people who have motor accidents or they become, uh, uh, you know, paraplegic uh, for any particular reason. You know, a, a lot of them are car accidents and motorbike accidents. This is the way back for them. It, it's it's something for them to get their teeth into. And uh, they, they love it. They love it's, it. It's part of the uh, Australian golf strategy. All golf is golf. doesn't matter what kind. And, you know, they're absolutely welcome. And, and I, it, hopefully we get to see a lot more people playing in these uh, in these wheelchairs because it was fabulous to see. Yeah, it was a very inspirational. I just wanted to mention those TPS events are coming up. You mentioned the Athena, which is coming up. That's going to be we're getting a lot of different sort of format events this year, which is something that I think is really good. I mean, obviously you've got to have Marco your, your four round standard tournaments. That's always going to happen. Mm-hmm. But this idea of trying a few different things, I, I, I've got nothing against that whatsoever. So that the TPS events where Men, women, amateurs, pros play for the one prize and they have graded tees. I think that works pretty well. And the Athena is even more radical, isn't it? Uh, albeit that it's women only. But, yeah. uh, you know. It's a made-for-TV product yeah. and it, it's, it's a very, very sound idea. And Just on that, one thing I want to say about the Athena, this is really showing that golf is on the rise amongst women and girls in this country. Last year, with very little run-up to the event, they got Fox Sports to say yes, they would televise it with no promise that it would happen again this year because it was a new event and they didn't really know, but they said yes because there wasn't that much live TV, um, live sport going on last year. But the media coverage that it got, the television coverage and the social media coverage drew somewhere around 400,000 eyeballs, which is huge, so much so that Fox Sports and KO couldn't say no to televising it this year. So we're hoping this is only going to go, you know, build bigger and better. Absolutely. My stat of the week, guys, um, 16 is the number I'm looking at this week. I was going to go with the 800,000, which last week I said the 719,000, which was the record for the Phoenix Open. They, Marco, I heard you say, is that a record? 800,000, if that's the correct number, that is a record. Wow. Wow. But uh, my stand of the week is 16. 16 of the top 20 players in the world are all playing together this week at Riviera Country Club in LA in the Mm. Genesis Invitation. We've had some sort of fields in some of the PGA Tour events recently that haven't been that great. It's very easy to just skim over it and not watch it. But this week, we're all going to have to watch. I noticed that Min Woo Lee's in the field. He's getting a few invitations to play this year. Gee, if he could bob up and win one and get himself a US card, how good would that be? Uh, See, on the back of the Rams winning as well, that's going to be uh, huge in LA in uh, the coming ab- week. Absolutely. It's like a sporting festival, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, Leishman, Smith, Cam Davis, Matt Jones, they're all going around this week, Adam Scott. So uh, I'll be watching quite a bit bit of that uh, this week, as well as the TPS Cobram Baruga, which is a tribute to Jared Lyle, which Jared Lyle uh, is from, was from Shepparton, uh, which is sort of an hour away. So they decided to make it a little tribute week for, for Jazz. 
Yeah, absolutely. Raise some good good funds and and uh, and tilt our hats to the great man. So thanks, Martin. Great work. We'll catch you next week. Good on you guys. All right, Marco's Masterclass coming up after this. And last but not least, we've got Marco's Masterclass, and I believe it's Shahith Shigala who's caught your eye this week, Marco. Yes, Star is born. We actually saw him win the Master of the Amateurs in Australia a couple of years ago. So uh, he's been thereabouts, came from Pepperdine University. Uh, and I mentioned a little earlier, if it wasn't for a bad bounce on the 17th hole where it kicked into the water, he wins his tournament, becomes a superhero. Uh, you don't see that too often uh, in a rookie year. The thing that I love about him and the thing that I really admire about some of the best players is the way that he accelerates through the ball. Now, if you can get your body and hands and club head accelerating through the ball, then it's much less likely for the club to roll over. You don't want the club rolling over through impact because it becomes very um, in the bell. It becomes really, as far as your rhythm is concerned, uh, to where the ball goes straight. Now, if you're a little bit late and the club's rolling over, it's going to go right. If it's a little bit early and the club's rolling over, it's going to go left. But if you are accelerating through, that rolling over doesn't really happen. Um, and, you know, when you watch Greg Norman hit golf balls, the acceleration through the hitting area is enormous. Fred Couples is another one. The acceleration through the hitting area is just poetry in motion. And Shahid Thagala's got it as well. You know, it's a it's a slow backswing. It's a one-pace backswing. We've done this before. It's a little bit of a weight at the top. It's a gentle start down. And then there is a star whoosh through the ball. Um, it's almost like he's chasing the ball, even though his club does go around to the left. But you can, you can really almost feel the club sticking to the club head. That's control. And that's what acceleration through the hitting area does for your game. Does it come through from your hips as you come down? Oh, yeah. Well, yes. Basically, once you let the club fall on the downswing, then from about hip height, you just rip those hips around and get that club head accelerating through the hitting area. You don't want it going at the same speed. You want it to feel like the club's going faster past the ball than it is when it's actually making contact with the ball. It'll feel very different from what's actually happening. Love it. I'm off to the driving range. Thanks very much, Marco. Catch you next week. Catch you next week.